Hey there, friends. It's great to be here today. And today's episode features, well, actually no one. Today's episode is the season one finale. So we're wrapping things up for season one. I know most of you didn't even know that there were seasons. Well, hey, you know, I guess we're kind of inventing things as we go. But still, it's a unique time. We're kind of at the borderline where we're kind of going from, I guess, season one to season two. And there's going to be some changes between the two. Specifically, the biggest change is that I'm no longer going to be posting episodes every week. I guess I never technically announced that, but that's been the format I've been going about. However, in season two, I plan on not publishing episodes as often because, well, one, I guess my personal life is becoming busier and busier. But also reason number two is I don't want to just interview people for the sake of interviewing them. I mean, I can't say that I've interviewed anyone up to this point just simply for the sake of filling time. I feel like everyone I've interviewed while it has filled time, I still felt like every interview has had substance to it. And I feel like if I keep posting interviews on the weekly basis, the quality will go down. And I don't want to be wasting not only your time, those who actually listen, but also my own time. If I'm going to do an episode, I want to do it right. So that is why I'm going to be going into season two, which is where I kick back and I don't post nearly as often. However, I still plan on posting. I actually still have one interview that someone I am in the works of dealing with that will probably be aired in the next few weeks, but not next week. So again, season one, it was every week. Now season two, we're going to kick things back a bit, not post as often, but there will still be great content coming your way. Uh, The purpose of this episode was, well, one, to announce that, and also two, to kind of give a recap of this show so far and give the story of how the Common Kaiser show came to be a I know there may be questions pertaining to that or, you know, just figured be the courteous thing to do for those who may be wondering, you know, communication is key. So I want to communicate with my audience and how this show came to be and what inspired it. And also, I want to talk a little about each guest I've had on the show, hence the word recap. I think every guest that has come onto the show has had great value and I want to talk that up. I'm glad I've had every guest on and I've been intentional with who I've I've reached out to and chosen, whether they realize it or not. I'll also be starting with the guest a guest Q&A session. I put out a poll on my Instagram, in which I will answer questions from those who ask them. So I put out a poll a few days ago asking just to ask me anything, and I got some good questions, some interesting ones. Uh, not sure how I feel about some of them, but still, I'm going to be answering those. So to recap the order of how the rest of this episode will go down, now that I've informed you of what this difference between Season 1 and Season 2 will be, The order of this episode is that, one, I'm going to start with guest questions. Two, then I'm going to go through the process of creating my podcast and the details of it, so I'll be letting you know on that. The third part, I will touch upon each episode aired from 1 to 14, and then to wrap things up, like every episode, not apart from the bonus episode, of course, but every typical canonical episode, I will be giving my own final piece of advice and some shout-outs along with that. So, Let's get started with some guest questions. So the first guest question that I'm having is from Marnell Kaiser, who is my mother. So thank you, Mom. You've been very supportive. My family members have been very supportive. It's always nice to have support. And she is asking today, who is the guest? So before I obviously aired this episode, I wasn't clear on what's going down. So I guess, Mom, uh, the guest is no one or the guest is everyone listening because I'm sure you're all having a great time. So that's the answer to that question. My next question um, from Andrew Lemezier. Hopefully I pronounced that right. Hopefully I got Andrew right. I think I can pronounce Andrew right, but just call you Lemez. So Lemez is asking today, are you a virgin? 
well, Lamez, um, I would say I am a virgin. Um, I'm not a very physical person. I've, I don't know if I'd say I'm asexual, but you know, I just haven't really had time or I guess the desire to pursue that. However, some of you may find that surprising despite all the your mom jokes I've told, which brings me to my next guest question. And this is coming from Maddie Pfizer, and she is asking, snack that smiles back. Well, Maddie, <laughs> the snack that smiles back is yo mom. Yeah, I guess that's kind of bringing me to a story we had once where we were all playing cards. Uh, Maddie asking the question was there, and we were eating <laughs> goldfish. And for some reasons, I think it was Lane, my best friend. He was one of the guests. He said, like, or maybe it was someone else. I can't remember. But someone was like, the snack that smiles back. And then Wyatt, right on cue, was like, yo, mom. <laughs> I think we laughed for a good, like, 10 minutes. And even in the next few days, it was one of Wyatt's good moments. All right, next question. And this comes from Peter Feitzma. Uh, Peter Feitzma, or Ballsy Pete, has two questions here. And he's asking me, what have you learned through Season 1 podcasts? Well, I'll get a lot more into that later, but one of the things I've learned is uh, how much you have to push yourself, really, uh, from the day-to-day -day on episodes. I mean, there's no one here pushing me to release new content. There's no one here. I mean, there's people here who are supporting me, who are motivating me, but at the end of the day, it's I'm the one who needs to pull the trigger. I'm the one who needs to think of, okay, who am I going to reach out to next? I don't have, like, a crew or anything helping me. I mean, I again, my family, they support me, some friends, they... Like, oh, that's awesome, but, I mean, in terms of actually doing the work, I mean, I guess if I try to delegate, maybe they could help, but, I mean, really, when I think about it, I, I'm the one juggling it all. So, I guess the thing I learned the most is how much you have to, in a sense, I mean, of course, rely on Jesus and God, or I guess same thing, but, you know, but you really have to rely on yourself to keep pushing yourself, because there's, I mean, if you don't kick yourself in the rear end, no one else will. Uh, Peter's next question is, what determines how long a season is? So, season is. So, you can ask multiple questions on this poll. Well, Peter, pretty much what I feel like. I mean, I didn't really have a set plan of, okay, well, this season's going to be this long. Um, whenever I was setting up my Google Docs earlier, like when I got off of graduation, I set up like a bunch of them out of nowhere, just kind of pre-setting them, and I set them up to 15 so I was having difficulties finding someone to interview this week, and it was my last, like, Google Doc, if you will, that was preloaded and preset. So I just felt, hey, you know, this would be a good time to have a season one finale. So, again, it's not like from the start I figured, oh, well, we'll have 14 episodes in a finale. I'd, I'd be flattered. I'm flattered if you think I'm doing this intentionally or maybe you're just asking to confirm that I'm just winging it. It's fair. I'll give you that ballsy, Pete. Um... Yeah, so anyway, next question is from Angelina Seaman, and she is asking me to tell tell me about your love for Pusheen. Well, Pusheen's a cute, tubby little gray kitty cat that's an artistic drawing drawn by a woman named Clara Belton. I've never met the woman in my life, but she draws Pusheen, and Pusheen is a very cute kitty cat. I don't know, it's something I guess obsessed over, not like a whole, whole lot, but it probably more than I should have, but she was, I guess, in a sense, the mascot of Tardnation, which, Tar well, I don't know if Amanda, or another member of Tardnation, my friend group, she was always bashing on Pusheen, but I don't know, it's kind of weird, but then kind of nice, I don't know, it's a cute little kitty cat, up with her. Uh, next question is just 
Peppa Pig question mark. So I assume this meant tell me about your love for Peppa Pig. I actually don't really. I mean, I respect Peppa Pig. I mean, she hung up on that. I think it was a sheep. Uh, There's an episode of Peppa Pig, which I think is the only clip I've seen of Peppa Pig. But it got me pretty good where Peppa Pig uh, was learning to whistle and just couldn't. So she called up her buddy and was asking them to whistle, and then they whistled, and then Peppa Pig hung up on him or something like that. So I'd say that was, yeah, whatever. Uh, and third question, Angelina is just full of questions. Angelina is just the bomb. She's always been supportive. That's a big reason why I gave her or reached out to her to interview her because she's just an awesome fan. I love her. Best advice you've ever received. That's actually a hard one because received good advice, bad advice, Um I guess a good piece of advice I've re- received recently, I was reading a book. It was like this red book of selling. Uh, believe it or not, I read occasionally. Um, and in this book, the advice it gave, it was it was basically saying it doesn't. it's not about who you know, but who knows you. So in terms of networking, it doesn't matter. You can know everybody, but if no one knows you, then you're going nowhere. But if you don't know many people, but a bunch of people know of you, like you can go places and sell stuff very good book i i don't know, i think sales is a potential route but still it's good to know how to communicate so that's probably the best advice i've recently received i'm kind of winging this right now i have my outline form in extemp style but i didn't like write these answers out in advance so i'm just like every other guest on my own show like i'm winging it like you guys uh next question is from dawson block do you deserve what you get well dawson i would say no I do not get I do not get what I deserve or do I deserve what I get whatever cuz if I deserved what I got I'd be rotting in hell right now a wretched sinner I am saved by the mercy and blood of Christ um I mean even what I've worked for my degree I feel actually after getting my bachelor of arts I feel like a bigger idiot so I wouldn't say I mean I've worked for a lot of what I've gotten. I feel like there's delayed gratification and, and I want to I feel like I should get a job of some sort in that degree. I should, you know, I I want to be I wouldn't be against being a millionaire or a billionaire. That'd be a nice thing, but I mean, if I really I know I'm not entitled to that. So if I got what I deserved, I'd be rotting in hell right now. So I would say no. Next question comes from Morgan Kaiser. Tell us why you decided to become a business major. Well, Morgan, my sister uh that's a long que- answer. Um, long story short, I became a business major, specifically management. Uh, I want to do management because growing up, uh, especially in high school, I felt like there was a few instances, specifically my freshman year, where I felt like there were people who were in positions of leadership that kind of disappointed. And I wanted to be in that position, not so much to be in that position, but because as in terms of to protect myself. Uh, leadership, the biggest reason why I strive for it isn't so much of actually possessing it, but rather to protect myself from those who would abuse it. It's kind of like why I would say want to be the fastest runner on a track team isn't because like, oh, I want to rub it in people's faces to protect myself from having it rubbed in my face. Or I would want to own a firearm, not because I want to shoot anybody, but because maybe someone would shoot me. It's it's kind of like that, but with leadership. I want to hold a position of leadership because I feel like where I come from, I wouldn't, ab- I would think I wouldn't abuse it. I, I wouldn't, I don't know, maybe I would, maybe I wouldn't. That's, <laughs> people would have to look at my previous track record and tell me whether I would or wouldn't. But I decided to become a business major because not only that, but I feel like my senior year of high school, uh, 
I ran my I went to a private school and there was a chaplain position I ran for that uh, felt ob- obligated because I went to states and track and felt like hey if I don't you know balance it out with some Jesus I'll lose my mind and because I've seen people with like who get success and it just tears them apart there's two ways to break a person you well two ways to ruin someone's character you either take away everything you break them or you sell or you meet their price and make them compromise you give them what they want it's like I'll give you a million dollars if you have sex with me or I'll kill your family if you don't have sex with me. It's kind of like everyone has a price and everyone has a breaking point. So I figured I'd do that. Um, and I organized a few things related to that. And I just fell in love with the concept of organizing. So I went to management because I felt like college is a good time to hone in on your skills. Um, and I felt like it was more important to hone in on leadership skills and my personality skills than a st- specific trade because you just go out into the field and learn that trade anyway school is just a means to kind of leverage yourself in that way so I figured it's more important to learn how to manage than to say specifically I don't know like numbers or things like that I figured you know if I need to learn something specific I'll learn in the field whereas college I felt like was a way like I needed college to develop myself as an individual not in a specific trade which I mean I still did with business there was still that trade but to me a college degree is more of an excuse to get in the door, not a means of getting entitlement to a job. Uh, so that's why I feel like I became a business major. Next question is from Michael Connor. Man, I'm really like dragging on. Michael Connor, uh, why haven't I been invited back? Uh, Michael, I assume you're referring to being invited back on as a guest. Uh, well, I guess I could ask you the same question. I was on infield singles back in September, and I haven't received an invite back. Apparently, I wasn't a very cooperative host, and I mean a cooperative guest. So, hey, you know, if you want to be back on the Comic Kaiser show, maybe you should invite me back on infield singles, and then we'll talk. Next question comes from Andrew Reinhard. We ran track together, and he asks, hardest part about setting up your podcast? I would say, Andrew, the hardest part is setting up each, or I guess setting up is more pertaining to the building the base, not so much each interview afterwards. I feel like kind of setting it up, in a sense, was kind of the easy part because I was very motivated. I was excited. Like, There's not many things I get excited about in life. I felt myself getting excited for this. I feel like the hard part is continuing to deliver you know it's easy to start but to keep dragging on it especially whenever it's not like this is the most popular podcast in the world it's probably number two maybe okay maybe like number a million but I think the hardest part is continuing continuing to be diligent continuing to stay on it especially when no one I mean people support me but they support me only to an extent like I still need to be the one to follow through it's it is a good sense. It's a good way to prep me for because one day I want to start my own business. Like at the end of the day, you got to kick yourself in the ass. Like no one else is going to keep pushing you. So I would say that's the hardest part is continually doing that because one day you're motivated. You go to bed, then you wake up in the morning. That's like all that motivation is dead. So resetting that motivation from the day to day, I would say is the hardest part, even in the process of setting it up, because it took me more than one day to set up and I'll get in that process actually right now. So that's the last guest question. So now I want to start talk about kind of the process I took to create my podcast. So initially, I was actually inspired to start this podcast by the Infield Singles podcast. Uh, Michael Connor, I mentioned him in the guest questions. He asked, uh, why haven't I been invited back? I was actually inspired to do it because of what they were doing. Um, I kind of saw them as doing it, and I was like, well, I mean, they can do it. Maybe I could. Like, you know, you always just kind of wonder, like, can I do something? It's like, 
whenever you see someone juggling, maybe or you're like, oh, maybe I could do that. Then you're trying to screw it up or something. I'm just giving a generic example off the top of my head. Uh, they interviewed me back in September, uh, given a specific date, uh, Thursday, September 20th, and it was aired Friday, September 21st. Yes, I dug back through some things to get those dates down. Uh, I guess apparently it was an awkward interview, uh, talking to people after the interview. I guess it was very awkward, but then apparently it was funny. I, I don't know. I enjoyed it. I really did. Um, it, I definitely felt like I ummed, and or not so much um, but I ah, ah, ah a lot, so... And I think I still do it a decent amount here. So I feel like I felt the need to kind of improve my communication skills, especially on business, business management. If you can't communicate, then you're kind of not a good leader or a manager. Um, so I saw that as a need to kind of improve upon. And I like them, as I said, they were the same way. They, I think Michael and it was like Jay or someone else. I forget who else it was, but they were doing an internship or working over the summer and they listen to podcasts and they're like, oh, we should just do our own. And then they kind of worked out the details. Well, that's kind of the same way I thought about it a bit, left it for like, I don't know, till like April um, and thought about it more. So then I think I listened to one of their episodes, one of their recent episodes and uh, or at least at the time and played with the idea more and heard one of their ads and they said, oh, Anchor use anchor and I was like hmm I was like I guess that's how you do and looked into it more and I kind of just kind of went from there uh I figured it could be something that I could do is a lot over the my final summer break to me this is my su- final summer break uh right these days I'm, I've been working off the side but still this is like my last summer break especially how my brother's leaving for Columbus really soon so I, I figured it'd be a good thing to do over that time uh, I also thought it was a way to practice entrepreneurship as I mentioned earlier because as I said, no one else is here to kick me in the ass to keep me moving. Like, I have to be motivated to do this. So I saw it as a, a means to practice that. And, I mean, there's other things that it helps you practice with. Because with your podcast, you need a name. You need a brand. You need these kinds of things. You need to brand yourself and your image very well. Otherwise, no one's going to listen to it. You need to give people a reason to, to look, to listen. Like, why would I listen to your podcast? So I'll get into that a bit more. But... Really, the breaking point which I finally became motivated to the point of action was actually at a track meet at Center. Uh, or this is in Danville, Kentucky, but the name of the college or university, I forget which one it was, but was Center. I felt very motivated at that moment, especially on the drive there. I was in the team van, not the bus, the team van, because that's just how it split off. I just thought about it, and it just really excited me in the moment. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, track. I I did. I loved my team. There's a lot of great people on it, but I will say, at that point of the season, I felt pretty done. Like, I still felt. Well, if you listen to my bonus episode, I think I give some details on this. But it's like, I mean, I broke my hand. I just, uh, I, I just kind of getting to the point where I was ready to move on to the next stage of my life. I mean, of course, I wanted to finish well and on good terms, but that doesn't mean I didn't think about the future i remember just sitting in the van on the way to the meet and just kind of thinking and creating a podcast excited me uh, even during the meet i came up with the name what i would do the details it it was really nice i, I remember sitting there thinking, like okay well what's something is like thought about a lot of people on the track team who it's like yeah you're unfortunately you're not very talented not talented enough to ever make it in the spotlights like dang like i mean it does suck um and I've had both sides. I've had good meets where it's like, oh, dude, that was awesome. And then I've had crappy meets where it's like, um, the, who is this person against? I've been on both sides of it. I mean, I was a team captain, so I can't really 
pin myself in the position of, oh, nobody paid attention to me. I'm not going to act like I was invisible. I know better than to claim that. I know I got attention, and I didn't feel like, I mean, granted, there's times where I felt like I was in the shadows, but, I mean, I was a team captain. I pulled my weight. I forced my way to the center of attention at times. I mean, I'm not going to act like I was invisible. But I know there's people on the team that felt that way, and it's like, dang, like, I've been there. Like, we've all been there. It's like, it'd be nice if someone would, like, I don't know. It's like, in my mind, it's like, I know people want to articulate who they are, where they come from. Um, the means by which they do that to whom varies, but it's like, well, that'd be, it's like, that actually would be a good idea. I was like, well, let me think, what would be a good name? I didn't want to call it Kaiser or Wage Show or something because it's like, that's my name. It's kind of like licking my own balls. But then I finally was like, actually, that's decent because like my last name's Kaiser, Common Kaiser, because like, oh, Common People. I was like, I see it. I see it. I really did. So that's where I came up with my idea. So was that a track me? Because I mean, track me, it's a drag on. It's like, uh, it's like, uh, kind of didn't really feel like being there. It's like, uh, relays, it was individual events. I think I, I like strained my hamstring. It's like, uh, not a good meet. But I came up with the idea there. And really, it was kind of neat pulling everything together. So some of the technology that I use, uh, I use a website called Anchor. It's free to use. And I'm not saying that just because the ad, you know, I actually don't have any ad revenue on this episode. But Anchor is really awesome. You can just upload audio files and it automatically shares that audio file with multiple outlets like Spotify and as I said it's free so I can put it on Anchor and my podcast name my podcast everything and it distributes it for me so it distributes it to to sites like uh, Spotify Apple Podcasts I'm going to scroll down on my site right now yeah so my listening platforms I got Spotify Anchor Apple Podcasts there's other on here I don't know why but you know others something but 56% 56% at this moment listen through Spotify, 24% through Anchor, 19% through Apple Podcast, and 1% through other. It also gives me other analytics, like United, like people where they listen from, the geographic location, like 97% are in the United States, United 1% is United Kingdom, and less than 1% is in Macedonia. I don't know who that is. Then I can go in, Ohio, 22% in Akron, 14% Canton, 11% Cedarville, Godzinia, Talmadge, Alliance, Tip City, you know, it just shows me all this stuff. Great analytics. Uh, I mean, it's not like doesn't narrow it down and tell me who, but it tells me where. So it's just kind of neat stuff. Uh, Anchor is just great to use. It's pretty simple. Uh, I can name my episode. I can give a description. I mean, you. the only way you wouldn't be able to learn how to use Anchor is if you're not trying to learn it. So it's pretty straightforward. Uh, some other things uh, that I use, the physical equipment, like to go over that. So these microphones, uh, I bought all this on Amazon. So for those who are curious, uh, I think some Andrew Reinhardt was asking me questions about a week or so ago. So maybe you might want to listen to this or someone else who might be interested. This is some details on that. So the microphone I use is the ATR2100-USB. So it's neat because it has this USB, connects to my computer. Pretty simple. Uh, this microphone cost $63. I also have this foam ball windscreen on here to kind of de-emphasize that and, you know, it protects from that, makes the sound better. That was $295. I also have this new company called Newer Adjustable Microphone Suspension Boom Scissor Arm Stand. That was a lot in one sentence, but that was $12.99. 
And of course, you have to remember the tax for 45 and it was free shipping because Amazon Prime is just nice. So the total cost of one setup was $83.39. However, I bought two of these because multiplied by two, I want one for me and one for the person that I'm uh, interviewing because, you know, common courtesy. And if I'm going to go and do this, I'm going to do it right. So the total cost was $166.78. So getting started for less than $200, like if, you, if you're invested in it, it's great. You can also gain, earn some ad revenue from the ads if you put, however, I've only earned $2.95 so far. So, I mean, I wouldn't do it for that. I'd do it either, you know, because you enjoy it. And even if I made hundreds of dollars on it, you shouldn't do something like this just for the sake of making money. Like, I think there's better ways to make money. Like, there's so many people out here trying to do stuff like this. Like, if you're going to make money, you should probably do it in terms of solving and actual needs like people want to go into business all the time like oh just do this uh, this guy made money it's like just because that person made money doesn't mean you're gonna make money so you shouldn't do something unless you know you can be profitable in it if you're doing it to make money but i mean i enjoy this i really do i'm having fun doing this so i wouldn't do this if i didn't enjoy it uh the next thing uh some of the sound like software i use i use GarageBand and audacity to record right now i'm actually using audacity on my pc it depends so both are good and bad in their own ways i pre i like both of them uh, garage band i use it for my mac uh, specifically when i go to places to interview i don't have a recording studio which is okay uh, one of the pros to garage band is that it's easier to set up two mics and it goes deeper with two soundtracks and like editing like you can edit both tracks easy i'd say it's easier to edit uh, some of the cons, though, it takes up a lot more space on your computer. Uh, I Every episode takes up at least a gigabyte on GarageBand, so I always delete them because my computer doesn't have, my Mac doesn't have a whole lot of space. And I find there's a higher risk of deleting files on there. It's just easier to mess up, whereas Audacity is not as easy to mess up or, you know, or maybe just because I have bad experience. It was after my interview, episode 12 with Ryan Kaufman. It was, I figured... I interviewed him, say, like on a Monday, and I edited it all on that same night. And I was, I remember just working on it on my computer, and I accidentally, like, deleted pretty much, probably like 70% of, like, what I said. Oh, man, I was, like, stressing. I didn't, like, throw or break anything. I feel like I'm pretty chill, but I definitely got up and, like, tried to fix it for a few seconds, walked around, was pretty stressed out about it. So that would say one of the cons of... Uh, garage bands. I feel like it's easier to kind of mess up. However, Audacity, on the other hand, one of the pros of Audacity is that it takes up a lot less space. It's about 500 to 600 megabytes per Audacity file on average. So, for those of you who do the math, that's about 62.5 to 75 PlayStation 2 memory cards, which a PS2 memory card is 8 megabytes. So, for those of you who don't know, but still, compared to uh, Garage Bands, a lot less. And I find it easier to cut from the one track so audacity you only have one track on it there might be a way to do two tracks i'm stupid and i don't know i use a thing called voice meter which is a second or another application in which it merges the two mics to one so it can fit on the one track i prefer both in their own ways um it is easy i do prefer audacity when i'm sitting here at my computer doing this but if i'm interviewing someone i think i do like GarageBand more uh some cons with that audacity as it's hard to set to mike to my knowledge i can only think of the one track um when i was interviewing caleb marine i he was my first audacity he's an ex brdm major which brdm is broadcasting and digital media for those who don't know 
not anymore. He's going to police academy and stuff. You should listen to that episode. But he started to kind of look at it, and he probably would have figured something out. But I was like, eh, you know, it works. So maybe that's a bad thing on my part. But, hey, you know, it works. Why why try to fix something if it ain't broke? Um, but also there's improvement. I get that. Uh, next thing, some miscellaneous stuff that I use. Uh, email. I use a Gmail. I created my own account just for this podcast. It's common dash common.kaiser.show at gmail.com. I figured, you know, if I'm going to sign up for some, I use use it to sign up for accounts like Anchor or some random account for a website I use to make my logo. And why not? I also use it to email my guests. Uh, every guest that's on my show, I pay them the common courtesy, you know, from the common Kaiser. Email them a file saying, here's what we de- talked about, all that. You know, pay them the courtesy. Uh, another thing is my logo. I went through two iterations of it. I went with the second you know, create that. I had a Twitter at first, but then I got rid of it because I didn't really post to it. So I figured, what's the point? And the last thing is interview prep, for those who are wondering. Um, I'd say this is the hardest part. Technology is the exciting part of the interview process, but I definitely think it's overemphasized. Uh, think of like a marketing plan, for those of you who are familiar with marketing. Uh, default, when people ask about marketing plan, people tend to default to, oh, we'll just use social media or put up posters. You know, that's obvious. That's the means by which you deliver the content. But the focus I tend to notice in, like, meetings and stuff when people say, oh, we're going to market like using this, is that they focus more on the means by which they deliver the message and not so much the message itself, if that makes sense. So podcasting, yeah, we can talk microphones, we can talk software all day long. But if the content of your podcast is crap, then who's going to listen to it? Like, you can have the best microphones, but if your content isn't there, then who cares? Same with marketing. You can have the cute, the greatest Facebook account, but if there's no message with it, who cares? So, and whenever I interview people, I stalk the crap out of them on everybody who comes in my show, even though I only use, like, a fraction of what I find. I'll send out a Q&A on my Instagram story. I started that um, with Kayla Marine. I didn't do that at first, so one of the things developed. I tend to spend about an average of an hour of prep time per person. So I do put some time into like looking up my guest, all that. I did send a questionnaire to my final guest, Marissa, my cousin. Uh, I'll probably start doing that. Um, and then after I compile my outline on my computer, I'll write it out physically. So I just find that easier in the moment to have a physical copy there. It's also a good way for me to remember because writing it out, I just remember in the moment like, okay, now I remember where I'm going with this because you can know you're, you can have an outline and everything, but if you don't execute it properly, it doesn't mean anything. You can plan all day long, but if you don't execute your plan going into an interview, then it's like, eh, then what's the point? I mean, granted, I will say there are times where I do have a plan and I change in the moment to what's best. There's some interviews where I prep an entire section and I don't even talk about it because my guest went on a tangent somewhere else, but I was like, this is more important than what I had planned. So it, it happens. It happens. I mean, there are some exceptions of writing it out. Like when I was at Cedarville before I graduated, I typed it out, printed it out. And then when I interviewed Alex Embleton, I just put my Mac off to the side because I just didn't have time to write it out. And we made it work. Um, now that I've gone through kind of my inspiration, how I do podcasting interviews, I just want to kind of recap each episode. I know we're at about a little over the 30 minute mark. Thank you for listening so far. But I kind of want to go through each episode a bit. I'm not going to talk too long on each episode, but just a recap. Um, I was going through my recap, uh, typing out the list, episode 1 to 14. I was actually able to type out the name of every episode of who I interviewed without looking. So I wouldn't say I like know my guests super well, but I know who I interviewed. And it was I was kind of, in a sense, proud of myself. I mean, I've starting with episode 1, the introduction, that was pretty easy to remember. This was my debut episode, and 
at first when I debuted, I even got a text from someone. And it's like, is this a joke? And it turns out, I guess what? It wasn't a joke. This base, this episode was basically me just reading off of what the show was going to be about and how ep- each episode would be go down. I want to lay out my framework. Pretty simple. Um, I feel like now, I don't know, I probably have done it the same way. I would have added some things like guest Q&A, questionnaire, but things have changed a little bit along the way, but not a whole, whole lot. Right, and when I first wrote it, the episode was about three-page single-space script, and I read it off at my desk at, into my then-new mic. Now it's a couple months old, but I read it off then. Episode 2, Michael Connor. Now, this episode air on, aired on the day of my final track meet ever, so that was April 26th, I want to say. Uh, I chose out to... I chose to reach out to Michael first because I knew that my first interview would set the precedent for the rest of my interviews, and I wanted to make sure it was good. And Michael had interviewed me for his podcast, Infield Single, so I knew Michael knew what it was like to go into an inter- like interviewing someone else, so I figured he would pay me more, I don't know if I'd say courtesy, but maybe leeway and forgiveness if I messed up. And there was, it would just be two podcasters talking, So and I knew, and Michael and I are good friends, and I mean, even before I interviewed him and asked, I mean, before I aired it, I actually met with Michael one-on-one to ask him for advice and to show my equipment to get his thoughts. And that was when I asked him to be my first guest as well. But I figured I, I wouldn't say I owed it to him, but I felt like I wanted to, you know, show him, be like, hey, flat out, like you were my inspiration. I'll, I'll give credit where it's due, even though I talk crap to him all the time. And I mean, him and the rest of the infield singles, they, I, I'll give credit where it's due. And we also did the IBC Integrated Business Core together, which was a practicum and had a few classes together. So we have history. Um, Michael, he's the guy that if I sit next to him in class, I know <laughs> I won't be able to pay attention because I just mess around the whole time. I remember it was a actually it was a finance review session. We sat next to each other. And it was like, oh, my gosh. Like, we just messed around the whole time. And other people, too. I remember just telling jokes off. The <laughs> I did not take it seriously. and But, hey, you know what? That's okay. I uh, still passed the class. Uh, Michael's final piece of advice. Now, when I go through each episode, I want to state everyone's final piece of advice because I'll explain that at the very, very end, but I find it important. Michael's final piece of advice was to take life seriously, but not so seriously that you forget to have fun. Good. Next episode, episode three, was with Meg Orr, Megan Orr, and she was one of the first of three interviews that I crammed into a week because I'd started this pretty much finals week. Uh, I don't say this to complain, but rather to articulate my drive and my desire to do this. And I figured I'd want to have a few weeks off after graduation. So I did three interviews that week to so I'd have some time off afterwards, and it was really nice. Uh, but Megan and I, we did the speech team together for all four years of my college career. Uh, her two favorite events are Poi and ADS. Good for her. I like improm to an extent, but Poi and ADS, I do like ADS as well. Poi, I can never do, but listen to the episode, and you can figure out what that means. Um... We actually auditioned for the team at the same time, and apparently I've improved a lot these past four years. I guess that's a compliment. Uh, the speech team was a great means by which I've been able to improve my public speaking skills, especially how I attended speech therapy up until sixth grade. So, and I mean, the scholarship for being on the team was nice, too. But I really wanted to interview Meg because she has an awesome testimony. I mean, we were on the team together, but her testimony of, and when I say testimony, that's her story of, like, coming to know Christ as a personal Lord and Savior. Like, I thought it was a good testimony, so I really wanted to hear it. And her final piece of advice was, everyone has a testimony. When sharing the gospel, only use words when necessary because our actions should speak to it. So good advice. Episode 4, Dan Grafe. Uh, 
Dan and I, we uh, he was the second interview of the third three during finals week. Uh, Dan is my well, he's actually my favorite ginger on the track team. I tend to, I guess, uh, I tend to bash on gingers, but hey, you know that's not because like you know just why not? Um, he was a sprinter, so we were both sprinters together, and uh, I guess was you know my final days on the team and I guess Dan's as well he was just a sophomore but it was his last year I saw him as a senior as well because not only was it his last season but just looking at him as an individual I felt like he had the mental development and personal growth of one like of senior maturity I guess seniors in a sense are kind of seen as lazy and uh, but I think Dan really has good maturity spiritual maturity i admire him a lot for that i always appreciate his positive attitude his encouragement he's encouraging during my bright days and my dark days and i appreciate people who treat me the same no matter how successful i am or not in the moment uh he's an individual i wanted to see grow into a powerful leader on the team after i left but fortunately that wasn't meant to be uh I think he has the character to be a better leader than I ever could, but that's because he doesn't have the desire to leave, only to be like the Christ he aims to resent, represent, not resent, <laughs> gosh, represent. So his final piece of advice was to go out and travel out around outside the USA to gain experience and knowledge. Uh, the next interview was Connor Seals. Uh, Connor and I, we have not known each other very long, but I really want to interview him for this reason. Uh, we met back in February of this year, 2019, on the indoor track at Cedarville. I had just gotten cleared to run with my broken hand, and I was practicing for the meet before kind of doing a pre-meet routine. And I saw him practicing yo-yo off to the side, and I was quite intrigued. So I approached him, and I'd seen him before, but... Finally, this time I was by myself and not at, like, practice, practice. So I figured, oh, why the heck not? So I went up and got a drink from the drinking fountain, which is kind of similar to my pen color trick. So, like, my I guess to go explain that, my pen color trick is usually I'll grab, I have a ba- uh, box of pens or whatever. Whenever I go into class, I'll grab, like, a few of them, and I'll look and be like, hey, excuse me, like, what color do you think I should use? And when they tell me what color, I'm like, oh, thanks. And it's like, oh, how's your day going? Yeah, that'll be my way of starting conversation. Or in this case, drinking fountain. Like, excuse me, sir, I need to get a drink from there. And then once I get a drink, just start talking. And we talked about yo-yo competitions. And I was just like, hey, so what are you doing? Like, what is all this? And we exchanged names, uh, Connor Seals. I told him my name was Wade Kaiser. And my mind's like, oh, because he's very talented yo-yo. And has I gotten a lot of attention for it? I was like, hmm, I feel like this guy will forget my name. And I was like, if I run into him in the gym, I'm going to press him on it and see if he forgets. And I was kind of hoping he would because I'd be like, oh, okay. But then it turns out I never saw him for a few months. Um, I was walking out of the BTS, the name of a building on campus, and I ran into a guy named Luke Hene. He's a thrower on the track team. And I don't know why, but he just started pounding his feet randomly. And Connor was in front of him. And Connor kind of, I don't know, like freaked. I was like, what the heck? And then he saw me. He was like, I feel like I've met you before. And in my mind, I was like, I feel like I met this guy too. Found out he remembered my name first, which impressed me. And we had a great conversation walking back to the dorms. I was so impressed. Uh, very friendly guy that we even because he's like oh we should hang out next year he's like hey jokes on you i'm graduating so he's like we'll get well, well let's get lunch tomorrow so we got lunch the following day which was the day of my final track meet and during the conversation great conversation breakfast i shouldn't say lunch we got breakfast or was it lunch i can't remember um and he asked me to get a pr on the 200 meter dash at my meet and i was like oh okay yeah sure of course i'll promise you that or whatever i can't remember Oh, and I actually did get a PR on that day. So thank you, Connor. If it wasn't for you, maybe I wouldn't have gotten it. Uh, His final piece of advice was 
to be consistently ambitious or be consistently ambitious to become something great. Episode six was Kayla Marie. This was my first interview to include guest questions for my Instagram, and this was the first interview to be conducted after graduation, the first interview to be recorded on Audacity. Up to this point, I did GarageBand. So this was my first Audacity interview. Caleb and I went to high school and college for some time, but he transferred out both times. So we started out Lake Center, and then I graduated, and then he transferred out to Hoover. I went to Cedarville. It was actually, like, sp- beginning of this last semester, he transferred to Kent. Um, but this diabetic was a good friend of mine from playing soccer, uh, good enough to where, like, before I was going off to college, I was like, hey, I want to, like, have lunch with you or something. I think we went to Applebee's or Fridays or one of those, and when I was there, because I remember a few years back, he broke his hip, and we played Red Dead Redemption at his house, and I was like, well, I have this extra copy of Grand Theft Auto Five for, I don't feel like explaining why, but I had an extra physical copy of it, and I was like, here, like, you can have it, like, I'll never play this, so... He's obviously a good enough friend for me to give me a v- give him that video game because even though I was like I n- never even opened it, I already had another downloaded copy. Is like you can have it. So, but yeah, so he's obviously a good enough friend for me to do that. Uh, his final piece of advice was to be content with who you are and live your own life. Follow your heart, but still be reasonable. Next episode, episode seven from Alex Embleton. He, uh, Alex and I, we go back. He was in my inner circle in high school. We were in Tard Nation together. With Tard Nation was like our social group. Uh, we were close enough to where we would celebrate the day that group chat, specific group chat, was formed because that was our date. So, which was July thirty first, twenty thirteen. So, anytime July thirty first comes around, it's like, oh, it's the Tard Nation anniversary. Uh, out of everyone I've interviewed, Alex and I have been friends for the longest. Uh, I haven't known him the longest out of everyone. Uh, that goes my cousin, but so far he's been a long, good old friend of mine. Uh, Alex, he knows what it's like to move around a lot and as a kid, and probs, I would assume, uh, but he doesn't have that group of friends that he's known his whole life where some people are like, oh, I'm going to go hang out with my friends from preschool. Like, Alex, I, that's one way, like, in a sense I appreciate him because he gets that like I get that it's like I went from public to private school it's like I don't know my people like people I grew up with from preschool anymore and so I don't know I always like click with people like that and he's an MK a missionary kid from Turkey and I mean he's an artist who I'm impressed by him because he's dedicated to his craft he isn't just the type of person I'm going to major in graphic design and that degree in of itself will carry me like he did a drawing for a day for most of you like Alex is the type of guy that when he's like, I'm going to dedicate my time to this, like not drinking pop for a year. I'm going to, I mean, maybe he did off to the side. I doubt it, but like he dedicates himself to what he dedicates himself to. And I, I, I am impressed by that. His final piece of advice is whatever you do, keep earnestly trying no matter what. Don't be afraid to be a try hard. Episode eight was, uh, Yo- Yolanda. <laughs> Uh, Mrs. Starcher, my choir director. We call her Yolanda because she made the mistake of once telling us that her mom almost named her Yolanda when she was born, but went with Alicia uh, or Mrs. Starcher. You know, for that episode, I had to co-host my brother Wyatt Kaiser. That was more out of a matter of convenience, I'll admit, but it was still nice having Wyatt there. I definitely learned from that episode in a later episode. I actually kind of am, might do more co-hosts in the future. I don't know, but. Uh, she was my choir director from high school, and initially that year I wasn't going to be in choir, but since my friends were doing it, I kind of decided to do it as well. I'd already fulfilled my like art credit, if you will. I did art the previous year to not do choir, and then my friends all did choir, and then I was like, well, what the heck? 
kind of funny how that worked out. But Mrs. Starcher actually turned out to be one of my favorite teachers from high school because we could talk crap to her and hang out with her outside of class occasionally. Like, I mean, we're still planning on going and hanging out soon. Actually, the day of this episode being released. So, I mean, I don't know. I just really like that. She's always been great to us and loved having her, uh, even though we I wouldn't say that to her face. I might actually delete that part from the episode. We'll see. Probably not. But, I mean, my first year in high school choir was also her first year of directing. However, I didn't know that until interviewing her, so she must have done an all right job, I guess. I mean, she had zero years of experience prior to specifically directing choir, so I'd say she did a fine job. Her final piece of advice was to love everybody and pray when it rains as well as when the sun shines. Episode 9 was with Lane Haluk. Lane is my best friend from college. If Wyatt wasn't my roommate, he would have been my roommate. I once, de- once I debuted this podcast back in April, I told him I wanted him on the show eventually. So I was definitely wanted to have him on, and eventually the time came and, and interviewed him. Uh, despite from being from the Akron area as well as I am, I mean he's from a town called Rootstown, Rootstown, from Springfield. But we actually didn't meet until a few weeks before college. I think we had seen each other probably from a distance at some meets, but I didn't really meet him until a few weeks before college when there was like a Cedarville kind of party around here. Uh, and that day was, I have it down, July 31st, 2015, because that was the two-year anniversary of Tardnation. We were celebrating that as well as on that night. So it's kind of neat how, like, my I get, yeah best friend from college, like, I met him on the same day as, like, the anniversary of my close friend group from high school. We were on the track team for all four years in college. Uh, he was a thrower. Uh, Lane is type of friend. He'd always stop by our dorm room quite often and in his underwear and just kind of hang out. Uh, Lane was definitely someone I would confide in a lot during the track season. Um, I confided in Wyatt probably more. Actually, I know more than him, but that's because he's my twin brother, whereas Lane, I confided in him still a lot. So, trusted friend. Uh, His final piece of advice was, pay your taxes, please your woman, and crush clean and jerk. I'd say that's good advice. Episode 10, Angelina Seaman. For this episode, my sister, Morgan Kaiser, she was the co-host. That was definitely intentional beforehand because I know these two are great friends. And I also enjoyed having Wyatt as a co-host and thought it would add value, and I thought it did. Uh, Angelina, as I said, she's one of my sister's closest friends. And I also wanted her on the show because she's actually been very supportive of the podcast. She's had a guest question for pretty much, if not all, definitely most of my episodes. So she's always gotten some interesting questions. I'm surprised she didn't ask some more interesting ones. Like, uh, never mind, I'm not going to say it. But, like, she had some interesting ones. Uh, she also has quite the impression of the from the SpongeBob episode where they're like, what are they selling? It's like, chocolates. Like, I didn't do it that great because I'm kind of just sitting here by myself. It's kind of awkward doing that. But she has quite the impression of that, although I appreciate it. Uh, she's a great person, despite the fact that she graduated from Malone. Um <laughs> Enough said, you know, being from Cedarville. Uh, I do love it how she, uh, I don't know, just her story of how she came from a place of being rejected from a position on her high school choir to kind of overcoming and doing all this great music stuff she does now today. Like, I just, I like it when people are in that position of, like, you're not kind of meant to do this, and then they're like, well, screw that, I'm doing it anyway, and they do, like, a kick-ass job. I really appreciate that. Uh, Her final piece of advice was, do what makes you happy, and don't let anybody get in your way. So she got Slytherin on the Pottermore quiz. So take that however you want. 
Episode 11 was Dawson Block. Uh, Dawson, I would kind of view him as like a younger brother from college. I would say little brother from college, but I mean, he's not like small, but he's not like big. He's like average height. So I'd say younger. I won't go as far as say little. Um, I know I say this because I know Dawson's loyal. And because of that, I actually made sure to follow through whenever we said, Let's hang out over the summer, and a lot of people, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, sure, why not, and some, I usually follow through, but this one actually did follow through, and we both did, I mean, he's from Lansing, Michigan, which is quite a ways away, so I definitely wanted to see him over summer, and seeing how I made time for that, and he did too, that goes to show, like, good friendship. Uh, This mid-distance runner, he, I mean, he knows how to multitask, he competed in three different sports, and one time in the spring semester of his junior year of high school, and these sports were baseball golf and track and field so he's been through a lot with that and he also went some nasty shoulder surgery but you can listen to that in the podcast his final piece of advice was to go after the things you enjoy in life work hard choose your friends wisely and love your family and appreciate them a lot to take in there but still good advice uh when we hung out over the summer we uh, met up halfway in toledo at my aunt's house and then drove back to my place in akron so we didn't make the whole entire trip but on the way back from picking him up initially I made sure to stop along the way at BGSU to send a, sta- a Snapchat to one of my coworkers, which then brings me to episode 12, Ryan Kaufman. Uh, Ryan is my coworker at Summit County Engineer, and he's an aspiring Bowling Green State University student. I'd say, I'd say aspiring because he's not quite there yet. I mean, it's kind of hard to screw it up unless he doesn't show up on the first day, but I mean, I guess he's still, and I guess he has a student ID, but still. Um, Despite the fact that I'd say this kid has little to no utility value to me, I I mean, he works, we work at the same work, but I mean, at the end of the day, no matter what, I feel like he can kind of still get stuff done. Um, and I don't say that any testament to him, I say that for anybody, even myself. But despite that, I'd say he is one of the few people, I'd say, to obtain my ador- adoration. I just kind of adore him. Um... I'd say obtained, because I don't know if I'd say earned or worked for. It just kind of happened. Uh, somehow, I don't know how, it always just kind of brightens my day to see the kid at work. Even in the morning when I'm when pulling, I'm like, oh, there's Ryan. Like, Kind of like, oh, yeah, he showed up today. Like, I don't know. It's not like I'm like, oh, celebrate. But, you know, it just kind of kind of brings a little cheer to my morning. Uh, I actually kind of miss him when he leaves in a few weeks for college. I mean, not as much as when my brother Wyatt leaves for Columbus, obviously. But still, I'll miss him. Um, I mean, sure, he's an inch deep and a mile wide, but, I mean, that doesn't mean I don't feel obligated to try and connect with him at a deeper level. I I mean, I think it's because I, I, I don't know. At first, I didn't really care much for him, but over time, he grew on me, I'd say. Uh, and that doesn't really happen very often. Usually, I don't know, usually people, I like them at first, and then they, I'm like, yeah, this person's an idiot, or I don't know. It doesn't happen very often where I'm like, I totally, like, I don't want to say I totally hated him because that's just not true but I was like yeah whatever like just punk kid but he definitely has grown on me uh, I think it's I don't know, a lot of it probably has to do with the fact that they put us together in a truck we drive in a truck to get to the work spot out on the road and uh I don't know there's just something about being together with someone that long you either grow to hate each other or love each other and I definitely in a non-homosexual way grew to love the kid um uh, love, I would define that as being willing to 
put aside your needs and wants for someone else, and I feel like I would be willing to do that for this kid. I mean, I'm not sure what he feels, though, but I'm just being honest. Uh, I didn't feel like, as I said, I didn't like him at first much because I didn't really see him as much of a worker and kind of thought he was either an idiot or a joke or a jerk because he showed me a bad pic of what I picture of what I thought was his girlfriend. It turns out that was a lie. I found that out years later, but still, like, I don't know. I don't know. He was like, showed me a picture of his girlfriend. It was like, this ugly picture. It was like, this kid's either an idiot or like, I don't know. There's just some, like, if you don't represent those you love well, I'm like, ah, it's like, what would, how would this person represent? You know what I'm saying? Like, but, you know, whatever. It's like, I mean, Ryan's gotten better as a worker. I mean, of course, there's always room for improvement, but I don't know. But another reason why I feel like I kind of learned to like him more was because I feel like in my second year with working with him, I kind of viewed him as a means to practice being a captain on my track team in college because, I don't know, I I feel like I actually would not have been the same leader on that team had it not been for Ryan Kaufman, just some random punk from Talmadge. But I was able to further develop my one-on-one skills and practice connecting with people younger than me. So thank you, Ryan. I would not have been the same leader without you. Um Anyway, his final piece of advice was to never waste your diamonds on a hoe. Apparently, this is a Minecraft reference. I don't know, but I guess there's a degree of truth to that. The next person, episode 13, is Victoria Denon. Now, this nursing major was one of my most trusted friends from Cedarville. I mean, Victoria, I mean, hands down. I I mean, granted, Lane is my best friend, but Victoria definitely, like, I know she would come through on a lot of things, and I mean... And I don't say that just because I'm saying that. I mean, Victoria does the little things that most people don't do. I mean, not the hard things. Not, I mean, she does do hard things, don't get me wrong. But she does courteous things, like just the little things. Like, I mean, she's definitely worth keeping around because of that. I mean, even our sophomore year, she threw White and I a surprise birthday party. Like, that's a little thing, you know. That, I mean, it's a big thing. But, like, just the fact that she would think to do that, like, still... I am flattered to this day. I mean, even my senior year, sem- uh, spring semester, last semester, I did an intramural debate uh, stuff for a little bit. Um, even after one of my rounds, she texted me saying, oh, how was it? I mean, the fact that she even knew I was on that, like most people on like the track team didn't even know that, at least I think. I didn't tell them. So I just, the little things like that. And, I mean, we met initially because I was on the speech team, but she thought it was my twin brother, who was also a nursing major, and talked to him about it. Turns out it wasn't the case, and then we just kind of, I guess, became friends after a while. Um, But still, it's kind of neat how that played out. Um, She uh, also has a service dog named Milo, which helps her. He helps her with her diabetes. He helps her better than her technology. I mean, Milo is more up on, on the pace with that. And Milo can wake her up in the middle of the night so she doesn't die in her sleep because, like, sometimes you can go low or high in your sleep and it can just kill you. So Milo wakes her up if need be. Uh, Her final piece of advice was, life's not always about what you're given, but what you do with what you're given. Uh, Episode 14 was my cousin Marissa Nikki. Uh, My cousin, we go back the furthest out of everyone I've interviewed, hands down. I mean, I've known her my whole life. Uh, when I started this podcast, I was very hesitant to the concept of interviewing family members. However, I did see good value in this interview, and I mean, she kind of, we had talked about, like, she knew I did the podcast, and I was like, oh, yeah, that'd be kind of neat to, like, hey, you know, so I'll go forward with it. I mean, I knew she had good material to interview with, and she was family, so I figured I could get more personal with the interview, which actually turned out to be true. I definitely talked about some 
previous relationships from an anonymous perspective and about her schooling. Like, I don't know, just like some deep things that I wouldn't be comfortable asking most people. But since she's my cousin, why not? It was also kind of funny how when we were talking, side talk, we were talking about like stupid internet stuff that kids that these days do, like talking about storming Area 51, eating Tide Pods, and licking ice cream, but just kind of funny, like in that duration. It's like, oh yeah, that's my generation. Like, but I find it humorous. <laughs> I mean, the licking ice cream is pretty nasty. I think that deserves an ass whooping. And the Tide Pods, like, what are you doing? But the Area 51 is pretty funny, I think. Um, this was the only interview to take place outside, and there was also a few guest stars. These guest dog stars were Tank, Gus, and Pixie. So that's their dog, their names. Uh, and the final piece of advice from that interview was know your standards and stick to them, which I actually thought was pretty good advice. I mean, they're all good advice, but that one, I, it was very brief too. So that was all 14 episodes talking about those. So hopefully that was a good recap on that. Uh, to wrap things up, I kind of want to give my own final piece of advice. And I've heard some you know, good advice over the days. And this kind of answers the one question earlier, like what's the best piece of advice you've received? I think that was from Angelina. And before I get into that, I just want to say what inspired me to do the final piece of advice. I was actually inspired to do this by an article I read about a cab driver who asked his passengers for a piece of advice. And that driver specifically kept a log of every piece of advice given to him, which really fascinated me. I, I think it's really nice to keep I guess track of advice given to us because there's so much wisdom out there it's there's always more to learn so it's like what does this person think because I mean there is an intentionality behind why I ask for the final piece of advice there's also intentionality why I ask what's the best compliment you've received in the warm-up I ask that because that shows what people value but I ask for a final piece of advice because that's in another sense what people value so I guess my final piece of advice that I have right now I mean advice changes so I would say it is the mind can make a heaven out of hell and a hell out of heaven. What I basically mean by that is perspective is everything. I mean, if you have the right perspective on something, a terrible situation, you can make it awesome. If you have the wrong perspective on a right situation, you can make it terrible. So pretty much my saying is that perspective is everything. Finally, some additional shout-outs I'd like to give. Uh, my previous guests, all 13 of them, thank you so much for interviewing and any future guests. It's awesome to have you, you guys at the show. I'd like to give a shout-out to my family. You guys are great very supportive of course jesus christ my lord and savior why not and those who ask about my podcast it's people who ask about it who talk about it i mean the little support that you offer like i've realized that just the little support you can give it goes a long way so again thank you all for listening today this was really nice a nice episode i it was great to kind of wrap things up recap and i mean season two will be here is actually coming up in the future and season one was great and It'll be awesome to see where things go in the future. So thank you for listening and have a nice day.